Welcome to Coastal. How you guys doing, 1115? Okay, not very awake yet. Okay, I'll see how it is today. I'll see what's up. We're going to have to get you a little active today. We'll work on that. Hey, happy Father's Day to all the dads that are out there. Can we give it up for all the dads? Yes. We're so appreciative of you contributing so that we could be here. So uh, we, we really thank you for being a part of our lives and making a big difference. And we have something at the end of service for you guys. And so we'll honor you then. But uh, I, I'm pretty excited um, today about the series that we're in, Freeway. And can I just say something before we even dive into this? I haven't said this in any other service. Women, you'll appreciate that. Um, today's one of those days where you're like, you just see a pair of shoes that you want to wear. And you're like, oh, man, those would look so good with my outfit. And, uh, and so I wore one of those pairs of shoes today. And I'm telling you what, I got blisters on my feet right now. Like, to be good looking, man, it's painful, right? Right? It's like to look good. Well, I mean, I'm not good looking, but to wear nice shoes and stuff is a painful process. Ladies, I feel for you today. I just want you to know from, from man to woman, I feel for you. And so I thank you for going through the pain to look nice because this is terrible. In fact, I just want to kick my shoes off right now and go redneck, but I know that that wouldn't be very pleasant. So I'm going to keep them on, but I, I, I'm, I'm feeling you. When my wife says my feet hurt, now I know why. Uh, to be beautiful is tough. Um, so anyways, we're in this series called Freeway, and we started it last week, and we've been doing this series in conjunction with uh, our Connect Group semester, and so this is the first time we've ever done this, and, and so if you're not involved in a Connect Group, I want to encourage you to do that. It's still an opportunity to do that, because what we said in this series isn't just about what's happening on the weekend. It's about what's happening in the week in homes and stuff, and so we have had these books available for you guys over the last couple of weeks to get involved in a Connect Group, uh, be, be, go through this study with us together. Because it's really, really going to change your lives. We believe that at the end of this, this series, that a lot of us are going to experience freedom in areas that we've never experienced it. And so last week was the first week, and we started talking about awareness. And we, we said, it's important for us to be aware in life. And we asked questions like, how aware are you? And a lot of us thought we were really aware until we watched the video and realized that we didn't see the monkey karate chopping his way through the middle of the video. And that's a lot like our life is so busy that we're not, we're missing some of the obvious. And we said last week that awareness increases in our life as hurry decreases. And we talked about the fact that hurry isn't an exterior thing, it's an interior thing. That we've got a lot of things going on inside of us that are just so, so busy that emotionally we're not there for other people. We're not there to connect with God and there's this distance that's lacking. And we said the solution is to not just change our calendar, which is what most of us would automatically go. Like, oh, I'll just eliminate some things off of my agenda for the week and therefore I'll have more time and I won't be as much in a hurry. But we said the problem isn't our calendar. The problem is our heart. And we've got to fix our heart, and our heart will determine what's happening outside of us. And we said this is such a big deal because we can try to strip things off, but because we have a desire for more, we want more things, we want bigger things, we want better things, we want faster things. And so because we're always wanting it's always driving us, no matter how much we eliminate from our schedule, to fill it right back up. And we said, we've got to be aware of this. And this week, we're stepping into the second step in this, this six-step process. And today's step is called discovery. And today, it's all about us discovering who we are and what does that look like 
for our lives. And, and in order for us to ultimately be free, because that's the goal of this, is that we end up as free people. And ultimately, what that means is that we have got to face the fears that we have in our life. We've got to face uh, the unresolved pain and the unresolved hurt from our past. And we've got to begin to understand that we can trust God. We can trust God with our past. We can trust God with our present. And we can trust God with our future. And in this discovery phase, what Jesus is doing is he's inviting us to come to him with all of our brokenness, with all of our shame, with all of our pain, with all of the screw-ups and the mess-ups, all the things that we've been scared to death about telling him about and the things that have been hiding and lurking in the darkness. He's saying, bring those things into light today. Expose those things and I'll transform your life. And so today we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture out of Psalms 139. If you want to turn your Bibles there, I encourage you to turn there. If you don't have a Bible, you can follow along in our worship God. If you didn't grab that, you can take a look at the screen. And Psalms 139 is, is a pretty popular passage, but it's also a passage of Scripture that is often pretty misquoted. And out of context, it gets misinterpreted. And a lot of times, this is what it looks like. When it's a little bit out of context, it says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Now, if you've been around church or you've been around the, the uh, Christians for a long time, this is a popular scripture. Search me and know me, God. Test my anxious thoughts. Like a lot of people have probably heard that scripture before. And what that's implying when it's, when it's read in this context is the fact that, that God doesn't know you. And you have to invite God into your life to search into your life. The problem is, is that that's the wrong context. That's not what the verse actually says. In fact, if you were to really look at what the verse says, if you were to look at Psalms 139, 1 through 4, it says this. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. So the truth of this scripture is the fact that, that God knows everything about you. Like you don't need to invite him to search you and know you because what that says is that God already knows everything about you. He knows every iota. He knows every thought, which is scary for some of you guys. He knows every word that's about to come out of your mouth, which is scary for me. And so there's some scariness there. And what we really need to do instead of inviting God to search us, the invitation needs to be a little bit different. The invitation needs to be more like, God, would you help me to know me? Since you know everything about me, how about you give me some insight into me where I don't really know the truth about me? Help me to see the things that, that I don't currently see. And some of us, we, we want the truth of our life, but without God in the center of knowing the truth of our life, it's going to be a disaster. It's just going to scare you. It's going to freak you out, and you're just going to run away from it. But on the flip side of that, if you face it with the love of God, then all of a sudden the truth about you can ultimately, when you face it, God can bring healing to your life. And that's what this discovery phase is all about is to get us to a place where we open our eyes and we discover the truth about where you need God's healing in your life. And so um, I need y'all's help today. If you guys would 
would all stand up. This is going to be an interactive sermon, so this is the Catholic portion. All rise. Some of y'all are getting it, okay? Uh, I have some I have some test guys. Okay, you just hold off for a second. Just hold up right there. Hold up. Wait a minute. Anyways, okay, here's what I need you to do. Um, for all of you guys, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, to stand on one foot and put one leg in. Okay, you got it? Don't hold on to anything. Just stand up. Try to hold on. Okay, put it out. Put it in. Now shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. Okay, okay. Now, now, now seriously. Like when you, when you try to do that, you just stand up. Stand on one leg. Everybody stand on one leg. Everybody participating. It's kind of hard, right? It's a little difficult. Now, now, okay, what I want you to do now is I want you to close your eyes. Put, your, put both feet back on the gate. Get grounded. Okay, you're grounded. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to try to stand on one foot now. It's way more difficult, isn't it? Like, y'all are like, I see some of y'all, you're all like about to fall over the seats and stuff. You're lucky there's some people next to you, you're grabbing onto them. Go ahead and take a seat. Go ahead and take a seat. You did a good job. Good job. Give yourself a hand. Yeah, three of you thought you did a good job. Okay, now I need your help. See, what, what happens in life for a lot of us is, is, uh, is we do that. We're going through life, and life is kind of like we're standing on one leg, but our eyes are closed. And because our eyes are closed, what happens is, is we naturally, we reach out, and we try to grab things, and we try to hold on to things. And what psychology or what uh, uh, medicine would say is that in all of our lives, as we're there and our eyes are closed and we're trying to grab hold of things, is, is that these things are called medicators. And we all have medicators when our eyes are closed. When life feels like it's falling, okay, you guys can go. You're not helping anymore. You can give it up for them. That it, that it, it. What happens is, is we have these medicators that we're constantly grabbing hold of to try to cope with, with that falling feeling of not really knowing what's happening. And for some of us, that's a bottle. For others of us, that's a pill. For some of us, it's, it's something like exercise. For others of us, it's eating. For others of us, it's a relationship. For others of us, it's drugs. There's something that we're grabbing hold of because we don't want to face the reality of today. And so we're grabbing hold of those things. And what happens is, is we start, because we're losing our balance in life, we reach for anything that's out there. Now, I want you to keep that picture in your head of, of life with your eyes closed and losing your balance and grabbing hold of those medicators. And I want us to talk about that because today what discovery is about is it's about instead of us sitting there with our eyes closed, grabbing hold of things, it's time for us to open our eyes. It's time for us to discover what's going on around us and what's happening within us and what's about to happen in our future. And I think in order to do that, we've got to have some wisdom, we've got to have some courage, and we've got to have some faith. And today I want to talk about those things. And I want to kind of give you some steps that I think is really critical in order for us to enter into this discovery phase. And the first thing is this, is we need to have the wisdom to face our past. We need to have the wisdom to face our past. Have any of you guys ever wondered why we continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again? I mean, I, I wonder that all the time. And I think to myself, is it because I'm just not disciplined enough in life? Or is it, is it the fact that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not 
wanting to change bad enough? Is that the reason that I'm continuing to repeat this same thing over and over again? And I think for a lot of us, the experience is way deeper than that. And so instead of just asking some of the surface level questions, what we need to start asking ourselves is we need to say, man, if I'm not changing, maybe the question needs to be, what from my past am I continuing to hold on to? What is the thing that I'm holding on to that's continuing to get me to repeat my past? In fact, one of the things that we say around here at Coastal all the time is your past isn't your past if it's still impacting your present. Your past is not your past if it's still having an impact in your today. And whether your pain is close to the surface and it's very tangible or whether your pain is hidden deep, deep down where you're trying to not deal with it, the thing about your pain, if you have not dealt with it, is it is crippling you in every single aspect of your life because it is going to impact your present. And this is what I know. Every single one of us needs healing. Every single one of us, as we go through life, there's no exceptions. We all get hurt. We all have some emotional bruising that's happened. We all have some disappointment. We all have some people that have broken some promises in our life. We've all experienced that. And if we haven't dealt with those hurts, all we're doing is we're continuing to move that hurt to the next relationship. We're continuing to move that hurt along, and it's impacting every single person we come in contact with. And one of the lies that we believe is that we believe that we can isolate this pain and we can isolate this hurt from our past. We, we think that we're strong enough and that we're good enough. And listen, none of us are strong enough and none of us are good enough to isolate this and suppress this. And what we think is we think, oh, this isn't going to impact my marriage. Oh, this isn't going to impact my kids. Oh, this isn't going to impact my relationships. But I promise you this, it's impacting everything you're touching today. Listen, if you don't learn to transform your pain, you are just going to transfer it to someone else. Did you hear me? If you don't learn how to transform your pain today, you're just going to go and you're going to transfer it to another person. And so what happens is, is that hurt that you picked up in your childhood, if you don't deal with it, you'll carry it into adulthood. And if you don't deal with it then, you'll carry it into your marriage. Then you'll carry it into your parenting. And it'll impact every single thing in your life. It's why some of us, we get into a conversation and somebody says something that just triggers something inside of us. And we just blow up. Anybody ever blow up for no reason? And everybody's like, whoa, what the heck just happened there? Like, who set off the time bomb inside of that joker? Like, I just said, you so ugly, and they just, they started bawling irrationally, you know. And then they yelled at me, and I was just making a joke. And we respond, and we're, it's crazy, and you're like, and you look back, and you go, like, where in the world did that response come from? Like, where did that, that, like, lion come out of? Because I've never seen that before. And we think, why did we respond to the circumstance that way? Well, you're not responding to the circumstance. You're transferring your pain. You just don't realize it. 
You're just responding to what's happening inside of you. And when we don't deal with this stuff, all that it's doing is it's just multiplying within ourselves. And so what happens is, is you fail in one marriage and you think, man, I'll just jump to the next, but you're just transferring that same, that hurt and pain from one marriage to the next if you never deal with it. You transfer it from one relationship to the next. And in fact, the Bible even says you can transfer it from one generation to another generation. That isn't something that just is impacting you, but it can actually transfer to somebody else. And the reality is, is that we see that all the time when we see a child that's been physically abused as they grow up and they become a parent. They have the natural inclination to abuse their child. And you think they would never, why would they ever do that? That makes no sense. They know exactly what that feels like because they never learn to transform their pain. So they're just transferring it to somebody else. And you see it happening generation to generation. And what we're dealing with here today is some serious stuff. So whether it's your secret sin that nobody knows about or it's, or it's the broken marriage that you went through or it's the sexual abuse that you experienced as a child or whether it was the bully in the seventh grade who beat, up you, beat you up and picked on you every day or whether it was the overbearing critical parent, any and all of these things will impact your life and will impact my life if they are not properly dealt with. And if we don't learn to open up our eyes in the correct manner, these things are going to doom our life. And honestly, these are the kind of things that when they happen, they cause us, instead of opening our eyes, naturally we want to close our eyes. Because we don't want to deal with those things. We don't want to deal with the hurt that we've experienced. We don't want to deal with, I don't want to talk about my pain. I don't want to talk about what my dad said to me. I don't want to talk about the abuse that I've, I've gone through. I don't want to deal with those. Like, I just want to suppress those things. And I don't, want to, I don't want to deal with the shame that I'm constantly feeling in my life. And what happens is we just suppress those things. And instead of closing our eyes and trying to grab hold of medicators today, what I want you to do is I want you to, to step out and open your eyes. And when we open our eyes, all of a sudden we can start to connect some of the dots and start facing our past. Because I don't know any of us that really wants to stay there deep down inside. And so today, we've got to have the wisdom to open up our eyes to our past. And then what we have to do is, number two, we have to have the courage to deal with it. We have to have the courage to deal with our past. We have to have the courage to deal with our present. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to repeat after me. It's okay. To not be okay. Okay, now, now I want everybody to do it. It's okay to not be okay. One more time, just for kicks and giggles. It's okay to not be okay. Now, if we could just believe that. Seriously, if we could just believe that statement. Because dealing with and having the awareness to deal with the present Honestly, it's not very easy, is it? You know what's easy? Denial. Denial is real easy. Covering up the emotions that make me feel ashamed and guilty, that's easy. And I wish we were talking about an easier subject today. What I really wish is I wish that this was more like an AA meeting where you just walked in and you just said whatever was on your mind and what you're going through. And everybody goes, man, that's, man, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being so honest. We're so glad you're with us here, here today. 
Because I think one of the greatest tragedies inside the church, and, and this is part confession for, for me, we have unintentionally communicated that it's okay to not be okay before you know Jesus. But as soon as you do know Jesus, you better get your crap together. Like, you better have it all together. You better, you better know how to go through all the motions. You better act like you have it all together. You better pray. You better go to a connect group, come to worship services, do all those things. And we, what happens is we create this culture where somebody asks you, how are you doing? And you go, man, I'm fine, or I'm good. Or you go, I'm blessed and highly favored, and you use some other crappy Christianese talk. When the truth is, you're not fine. Truth is, you're not good. And you're hurting. You're broken. You got all this shame and this guilt that you're carrying, and you're like, I don't know what to, I don't even know what to do with this stuff. Like, I, and, and I, I want to be real, but then they're going to condemn me, and, and, and you've got all this stuff. And because we've created this place, we're frightened, and we're scared, and we're overwhelmed, and we're, we're just wondering, where the heck do I turn? Because I thought this was the place that I could turn, and yet they're the ones that are condemning me because I don't have it all together. And let me just say, I'm sorry if that's ever been your experience in church as a whole or church right here. Listen, this is a church that you can walk into, and it's okay for you to not be okay. Where you can come up messed up, jacked up, and and I'm going to tell you something. We're going to continuously try to create environments where you can come, and you can be messed up, and nobody's going to go, man, I can't believe them. They're going to go, man, man, I just love their authenticity. I just love that we have a place where we can go, where we don't have to put on a facade. We don't have to put on a mask that I can be me. I don't have to try to be something that I'm not yet. I'm on my way there, but I haven't arrived yet. Because we haven't created those, those environments, here's what happens. Is we hop from seminar to seminar hoping to get something. We hop from book to book trying to get what we need. We hop from church to church trying to facilitate the change that we want. But my question for a lot of us, honestly, is this. is Do you really want change? Or do you just want the appearance that you're trying to change? Do you really want change in your life? Or do you just want to appear to everybody else that you want change? And my fear for a lot of us is, is that we just are cool with the appearance aspect. That we just want people to have this appearance. That like we just want people to think that we want to change. But really, deep down inside, we have no intention of ever doing anything differently in our life. And if we really want to see true life transformation inside of us, we have to get to this place where our desire to transform our life is greater than our desire to hide. We've got to get to this place where we go, I'm not going to hide anymore because I want God to transform what's inside of me. We've got to say, I'm going to stop hiding out and I'm going to stop being fake so that I can have some true transformation in my life. The 
problem with all of us is it's our natural inclination to hide. It's our natural inclination. It's our nature. In fact, you can go all the way back to the beginning. Adam and Eve, right in Genesis chapter 3, right after they've taken and they've eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this is what it says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. It says, and at that moment, this is talking about Adam and Eve, their eyes were opened. So there was a moment where their eyes were closed. They're going through life. They don't have uh, this place where they're denying reality. They're, they're, they're kind of like some of you right now. They're just going through life. They've got their eyes shut. They're just trying to make it through. And all of a sudden, what happened? Their eyes opened up, and it says suddenly they felt naked and they felt ashamed. Some of us, we're going to have the courage to open up our eyes today, and here's the initial thought that we're going to have. We're going we're gonna to feel guilt, and we're going to feel shame, and we're going to be afraid. And so what happens for a lot of us is we open up our eyes, and we have those feelings. Then what it says they opened their eyes and they felt they were naked and they were ashamed. It said they sewed fig leaves together and covered themselves. So their eyes are opened and they cover themselves. In other words, they close their eyes again because they can't deal with the reality of what just happened and what they saw in themselves. That's why if we ended this message right now, this is probably one of the worst messages of all time. You'd walk out just feeling a whole bunch of guilt and a whole bunch of shame. That's why this step is so important to discover and to enter into discovery in our life. We've got to have the wisdom to face our past. We've got to have the courage to deal with our past and our present. But thirdly, we've got to have the faith to believe that healing is going to happen in our lives. Got to have the faith. A little while back, I had a one of my really good friends in, in ministry. He's hyper successful at his church, and church was doing extremely well, I mean, growing leaps and bounds, and, and this guy was, was, was messing up for a while, and uh, when the news of his mess up went public, uh, it was bad, it's bad, and let me just say this, I don't know why this is, but the church is one of the few places in this world that when somebody is wounded, we don't help our wounded up, we shoot it. We just put them out of their misery, and I just think that that's so wrong. Church is the one place where we should be able to lift up those that are hurting, those that are broken, those that need healing, and say, man, I'm with you. When this news went public, uh, uh, social media was blasting him, was blasting the church, and saying a lot of things about him and, and I remember I was I was just my heart was so heavy because this is somebody I love and spend a lot of time with and we grew up together a lot in ministry and I remember right before Sunday morning service I was I texted him and I texted him and I said I want you to know three things 
is that I want you, number one, to know that I love you. No strings attached. Doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been, I love you. Number two, dude, I believe that healing is possible for you. There's no nothing you can do that you can't be healed from, that you can't be restored from. And, and I want you to know that I believe that that's possible. And number three, I've got your back. I'm with you every step of the way. I love you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Like, I believe in you. Because I don't think there's any place that we can drift too far where we can't find healing, we can't find restoration, and we can't find love. And there's some of you here today that you're listening to this message and you've screwed up and you've screwed up big time. You've hurt a lot of friends, you've hurt a lot of family, but more than that, you've hurt yourself. And more than me telling you I love you and I do, I want you to know that God loves you today. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. In fact, he searched you and he knew you. He knows everything about you. That's what we started with. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're going to think. He knows what you said. He knows what you're going to say. He knows what you've done. He knows what you're going to do. And you know what he chooses? He chooses to love you with an unfailing love. No strings attached. second thing I want you to know, I believe that healing is possible. I believe that with all of my heart. Because there's something inside of every single one of us that is just intrinsically broken. And most of us know that with how screwed up we are, that no matter how much human effort we put in to fix that screw up, there's just not enough effort there. That no matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I work, I cannot fix the depth of the brokenness that's within me. And see, my problem and your problem is a sin problem, and it's complex beyond what we can understand. And that's why God came. God came through Jesus. And he said, I didn't come here for the people that got their eyes closed and acting like, oh man, I'm good. It doesn't, I don't need anything. He goes, I came for the people that were not well. They look, they open their eyes and go, oh my gosh, my life is jacked up. My life is messed up. I don't have a clue how to fix this. Jesus says, man, I came for you. Because I came to take care of the brokenness of this world. And what he came to do is he came to set you free came to set me free. And you know how he does that? He does that through the cross. See, on the cross, Jesus is exposed to everything. He's up there and he's, he's exposed to your sin. He's exposed to my sin. He's exposed to your pain. He's exposed to my shame. He's exposed to it all. And he says, listen, I'll take it all on. Every single part of it. You don't have to bear this anymore. You don't have to leave here feeling guilty any longer. I'll take your guilt. You don't have to leave here feeling shameful. I'll take your shame. And on that cross, he takes all of it so that your story and so that my story can be a story of redemption. So that our stories can be a story of freedom. And some of you guys came into church today with a sense of doom. 
because you know how bad you've messed up and you go, man, I don't deserve a second chance. And listen, none of us deserves a second chance except for the grace of God. And grace does not have limits because anytime we start putting a limit on grace, it is no longer grace. And so God's grace says no matter how much pain or how much shame or how much sin or how much crap you have in your life, nothing is too much for my grace. You got a second chance. You got a third chance. You got a 47th chance. You got a 188th chance. You got a millionth chance because of my grace. And that is some good news. And some of us think, man, you know what, TJ, you're wrong. Like, Give it enough time and this will be taken care of. Listen, time does not heal all wounds. You know what heals all wounds? Jesus heals all wounds. Jesus heals all wounds. Maybe you're here today and you believe that that healing is possible. You believe that that freedom is possible. And I love what Romans says. It says in all these things you are more than conquerors. And it's not because of what we do. It's because of what he did. He said, you're a conqueror through him who loved us. I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing that can separate you from God. And that's why healing is always possible in your life. And it's possible for you today. thing that I love about God is that God never gives up on us. This is what I know about God is is God is so much bigger than your history and so much more concerned about your destiny. And today, what he's asking of you, what he's asking of me is that we would just come just as you are. No, no facade, no idea of like, I've got it all together. He says, come as you are. Come with all of your guilt. Come with all of your shame. Come with all of your sin and just leave it with me. Open up your eyes and just come and see what I will do. Let's pray. God, we just come before you today. And I love the fact that you're a God that has searched us. You know us. And the amazing thing is that you've searched us and you know us and you still love us. That doesn't make any sense to me because I know me and I don't even like me most of the time, but yet you still love me. And maybe today there's some of you in here today that you have never just come to God. You've never said, here's who I am and this is what I have. I'm not talking about rules and religion. I'm talking about come to God and knowing your heavenly creator. Who wants to give you life and give it more abundantly? And how he did that was through his son, Jesus, on the cross. And maybe today is the day that you need to come to the cross and let go of your life to gain his life. Maybe for some of you, you, you did that in the past and you've, you've kind of drifted away. And today is the day that you need to step back into that grace need to give your life back to Jesus. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just slip your hand up real quick, I'd love to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, hands going up all over the place. Awesome, people. It's an amazing thing.
If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, God, we just come before you. And I just thank you that your grace can cover my sin. I thank you that you sent your son 2,000 years ago to die on the cross so that I could have life and I could have it more abundantly. And I know that three days later, he rose from the grave. God, come and fill me with your grace. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your presence. Now, there's a second group that I want to pray for in here, and that's, that's you guys that have been going through life. And you've been going through life with your eyes closed. And today's the day you need to open up your eyes. And you, you need to have the courage. You need to have the wisdom. And you need to have the faith to take that step. And I think that there's something about making a declaration saying, yeah, today's the day I'm going to make a decision that is a powerful thing. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe that's you today. And you need to say, like, that's what I want to do. I, I need to take that step today. If you just slip your hand up, I want to pray for you too. Yeah. Yeah, people raising their hands. God, I just pray for those people right now. God, that you would fill them with your love, that you would fill them with a courage that would be unquenchable to face the realities of their life. And when they face the realities of their, of their life, God, that you would come there and you would hold them up in their situation. God, that you would help them to overcome that pain and that shame in their life and you would free them from all of those things so that they can live a truly free life. God, thank you for what you're doing in this place. In Jesus' name.